0: What does life look like for someone who scales their Etsy shop to over a million dollars in profit? How realistic is that and what would it actually take? In today's video, I'm going to break it down and some of these things might surprise you. And before we start, I would love for you to leave a comment below with your lifetime revenue on Etsy and how long you have had your shop open. And if you're new here, welcome back to my channel. My name is Dylan Jarrison and I'm an Etsy shop owner of seven years. I've sold over 1.5 million dollars in revenue on the platform, and that's over a million dollars in profit. I Still have my shop. I also sell on Amazon and Shopify, and now I'm teaching over 1,200 Etsy sellers, just like you, how to scale their businesses to multi six figures. And my entire background before Etsy was corporate e-commerce, so that is all I know. I worked for big companies like Zappos and Zulily, and my expertise is really you know buying, planning, forecasting, pricing strategy, sourcing, and product development as well. And those principles that I learned from you know corporate e-commerce are really infused into everything I teach on this channel. And if you'd like to hear real e-commerce strategy applied to Etsy, definitely subscribe to the channel. So what are 10 kind of surprising tactics that really helped me get my business to 1.5 million in revenue and over a million dollars in profit? Number one, my kids wear mismatched socks. I know, let's like chunk down on this a little bit. I used to be really picky, type A, color coordinating the family outfits, having my nails painted, keeping the kitchen counters clear, having our shoes on the shoe rack, sorting the clothes in the closet by color. Well, now my priorities, my life looks totally different. And it's because I realized in five years, what will really matter? Is it that my kids' socks matched? Or is it that I grew a business that paid for their entire college education in the span of three to four years? Years. which one do I want to prioritize because the priority is gonna be where I put my energy and energy is limited one thing I did to get my business to this level is that I'm always prioritizing what will matter long term versus what will matter short term part of this is also that I stopped caring if people judged me for working hard if my working hard makes them feel uncomfortable about their own work ethic then that's not really my problem and I work hard because I want to and I shouldn't lower my standards of excellence just because it makes someone else uncomfortable everyone has the right to set their own standards of excellence and their own work ethic. And for me, prioritizing what will matter long term trumps what will matter short term. The second thing I did to get my business to this level was that I focused on the products where I had the most leverage. So while I'm scaling my business, I'm looking at my hourly wage constantly for each product. And I have a profit calculator that does this. It actually gives you your hourly wage so you know exactly what is worth your time and what's not. So instead of focusing my efforts on scaling my low dollar per hour items, I focused my efforts on scaling my high dollar per hour items. So with my product mix, you know, I have products that will take an hour and I can sell it for $600. And I also have items that'll take one hour and I was charging $60. So I started moving away from those $60 items and really pushing those $600 items. When you sell $600 items, it helps you get to those 30 to 40 K months pretty quickly. So the question you gotta ask yourself in your shop is, where can I put the least amount of time and effort to get the biggest financial results? So with my students, that's another big reason why we focus on driving sales in their best sellers versus focusing on fixing their worst listings that have never sold. So where can you put in the least amount and get the biggest financial gain? Those are the products that we focus on and those are the products that we work on building into your product mix if you don't have them yet. The third thing I did was that I stopped cooking, I stopped cleaning, I stopped doing laundry, I stopped shopping in stores, I only shop online, I stopped doing anything that would suck my time and energy and that is a low dollar per hour task. Move it away no longer doing it unless those things are things that you enjoy sure like by all means like keep doing them but for me it wasn't giving me energy it was just sucking the life out of me right move those to the side get them off my plate focus on what is the most profitable action steps I can do so I recommend for you in your shop focus on the most profitable way to spend your time and completely outsource the rest now if you're not sure what you should do with your time to be profitable then I recommend downloading my 16-step checklist it is free you can download it go to the Link in the description to grab that. The fourth tactic I did to get my profit to over a million dollars was to say yes to every customer request. So if someone wants something that's, you know, 10 times the size that I normally make it, yes, I will do it. If someone wants something that is a completely different material color, yes, I will do it. Or maybe it's a completely different product that wouldn't even fit with my product mix, but they reached out to me because they thought I might be able to do it. I will say yes. You know, use discretion, of course, but really for like 99% of requests, I would say yes to everything. Say yes, figure it out later. Most of the time I had no clue how to make what they wanted me to make, but I knew I could figure it out and I knew I was resourceful and I'm willing to bet on my resourcefulness to figure that out. The reason why this is so important is because to get yourself to over a million dollars in profit, you cannot rely on your own ideas. So I recommend getting your winning product ideas right from the source, right from the customer. And over half of my listings now are from customers who asked me to do something and I just said yes. And then I turn it into a listing. And you do that because when someone asks you to do something, there's likely you know 20 people behind them who just didn't take the time to reach out and ask. The fact that someone asks you to do something, it either means they couldn't find it or it wasn't in the way that they wanted it. Take it as an opportunity. That's just one sale with probably at least about 20 sales behind it. So in your first hundred sales on Etsy, you know it's likely gonna be from products that you put into your shop. You're not gonna be getting a ton of requests in your first hundred sales, but as you gain momentum, you'll start to get more and more requests and that's when you say yes to everything and it's just going to scale you so much faster and you're going to end up with hundreds of listings of things that people actually want instead of just things that you think people might want. Now if you're not willing to say yes and figure it out later you're probably not going to make a million dollars on Etsy because you're relying on just your own ideas and assumptions of what people might want. The fifth thing you want to do is planning and forecasting. You really need to reverse engineer your success. To get over a million dollars in profit it does not happen by just flying by the the seat of your pants. It might happen that way, but it might take you like 10 years. Instead, I recommend being very calculated and intentional. So build a sales plan for the year. Forecast every single month. Stay on top of your inventory and your sell through and manage your cash flow. So without proper planning and forecasting, you're going to miss huge opportunities to leverage market demand. And you're also very vulnerable to having a volatile, inconsistent business. You're essentially flying blind. And then at the end of the year, you end up with whatever you end up with. So if numbers, you, that's okay. Like you still can do this. I have a really simple sales plan. It actually is something that I used when I worked for Zappos and it really breaks down the full picture of your business. And there's even a separate line for separate sales channels. If you do sell on Amazon or Shopify or even craft fairs. So make sure you are planning and forecasting. If you need help with that, I'd love to help you. The sixth thing we want to do is be tightening up our costs as our revenue is growing. Most of the time when revenue grows, expenses grow. And oftentimes with Etsy shops, the rate that the expenses, are increasing is faster than the rate that the revenue is increasing. People start to kind of loosen up the purse strings when they see the money coming in. So let's say your revenue is increasing by 5% month over month, right? We want to increase a lot more than that. Let's just say 5%. Well, instead of increasing your expenses by 5%, we want to decrease your expenses by 5%. That could be a difference in like twenty to 30000 in profit for the year. As your revenue grows, do not forget to accommodate for that with paying your quarterly estimates. You do not want to be caught in tax season with a huge increase in revenue. Revenue, and you were only paying estimates for maybe half of that revenue amount. A lot of people forget to do this, so I just have to say that. But the seventh thing is that I raised my prices strategically, and it was doing it in a way that dramatically increased my revenue instead of slowing down my sales. And this is actually how I developed the whole concept of the marathon strategy. And the marathon strategy is all about pulling levers at the right time. There's many different levers, but price is one of those levers. Now, this really hinges on two things. One is that you have landed on a profitable customer who is not price sensitive so this is someone with higher discretionary income. The second thing it requires is that you already have traction and that you are already filling up all the working hours of your day. Do not pull the price lever too soon because it will backfire. If you're only working you know two hours a day really be intentional about this and don't pull it too soon. It's really hard to undo that. The eighth thing that I did really to get my business to over a million dollars in profit is to work more on the business rather than just in the business. To scale from like 100k per year to like 400k per year you've Really need to get yourself out of the weeds and once you get out of the weeds whether it's a va or an assistant or someone who does packaging or someone who does some of your designs i highly recommend getting some help and what it's going to allow you to do when you get out of the weeds it's going to allow you to be more proactive than reactive. When you're being proactive, you're driving sales. When you're being reactive, you're chasing sales. And these are totally different strategies with totally different results. I don't recommend trying to get to a million dollars without anyone else helping you in your business. It's just a much harder road than it would need to otherwise be. The ninth thing is that I threw niches completely out the window, and I focused instead on customers. Customers and niches are completely different. You hear all this stuff like pick a niche, pick a niche, niche down, most profitable niches. are a wide range of customer types within a single niche. We want to sell to profitable customers, not just a general niche. So those customers are people who they don't know what a box of cereal costs, right? Maybe they don't even do their own grocery shopping. Maybe they get it delivered. And this person values time more than money, and they will pay for good service and a good experience. So when my competitors in the same product arena are seeing decreases year over year, I'm actually seeing increases year over year. It's the same type of product, but we're targeting different customers with the same product and because you're selling to people with consistent spending habits then your income becomes very consistent even if you have the same product as a competitor if you're targeting different people you can have dramatically different results the next thing i do is that i look up to mentors who have been there done that i am not trying to reinvent the wheel in anything i'm doing everything i am teaching here is something that i've learned from someone else i have pulled from all these different mentors in my life a lot of this is you know from mentors that i had when i worked at Zappos, people who are really high up at Zappos. Some of them are from mentors that I had at Zulily. A lot of this is actually from a mentor that I had in business school. A lot of it is also from my dad, who has been a business owner of over 45 years. If you have access to YouTube, you have access to so many mentors. So for me, you know, I learned from watching Alex and Leila Hermosy. I learned from watching Ed Milet, Cody Sanchez, right? Those are just a few. It would be extremely stupid of me to refuse to learn from other people's experiences and try instead to reinvent the wheel myself. Why on earth would anyone do that? What is the logic in that? Do you value your time? You know, you can get from point A to point B. It might take you 20 years. So why do not you learn from someone who took that 20 years of experience and is teaching you that thing? I hope you found these 10 tactics really helpful so that you can more clearly see that path to a million dollar profit on Etsy. And if you like the video, please subscribe. As a reminder, please leave a comment with how long you have been on Etsy and what your lifetime revenue looks like. All right, I'll see you guys in the next video video.